I, I don't want to give away my first line, but uh, when the erection line, trademarked by the Brews and Brews podcast, uh, of the Hockey Podcast Network <laughs> podcast presented by Brews and Zahar, sponsored by Save More Liquors. Um, you got- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Brews and Bruins, a The Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Die Hard, sponsored by Save More Spirits, a drinkable podcast you can taste. This episode is sponsored by Save More Spirits. Check them out for all your beer, wine, and liquor needs. They have all the macro brews, as well as a healthy offering of local beers and craft beers from all over. Locations in Somerville, Medford, Cambridge, Malden, and online ordering at Drizzly and Minibar. Uh, if you want to learn more, check out SaveMoreSpirits.com. Um, I am Chris Gear, your host for this week. I'm here with my favorite co-host, Drew Johnson, Woo! and Cam has been fired. Actually, wait, I just want to amend that. Uh, my friends call me Scam has been, actually, so <laughs> thank you. just want to make sure you're getting the respect in there that I deserve. All right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll kick us off. All right. <laughs> I am drinking a Austin Street Patina Pale Ale. Uh, this is a this is. I don't want to go out and outright say they're my favorite Portland brewery because of potential sponsorships down the road with other Portland breweries, but um, definitely one of one of my favorite Portland breweries. Uh, when I initially moved here seven months ago now, which is kind of crazy, uh, everybody told me go to Austin Street. They've got really good shit. Uh, I have been there plenty of times i've tried most of the beers um like most small craft breweries they have a lot of stuff kind of going in and out rotating around but the patina is kind of their mainstay um very basic pale ale super delicious though so i think this is the first time i've had it on the pod so shout out austin street we'll give it a little ranking here uh drinkability pretty solid for a pale ale uh i'm gonna plot it in the mid 20s i'll give it about a 24 um, nothing too harsh. A little bit of a kick to it, but you know you can you can knock a few of them down. Taste a pretty solid punch. Uh, I'm gonna give it like a thirty. So overall, solid ranking on the scale. Um, and if you find yourself in the Portland Maine area, I definitely suggest you check out Austin Street Brewery. Nice. Uh, I got actually. I think Chris, this is what you had last episode. The habitual. From a saucy yes. brewery, yeah. So I figured I'd uh, I'd give it my rating. And someone, we can, someone go back in yeah. and, and compare the ratings. We need an intern so they we, they can type it up <laughs> and put it in an Excel sheet. Uh, get some metrics going, some graphs. That'll be cool to post on Twitter because everyone loves graphs. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can kind of taste it. I'm gonna give that like a like a fifteen. Which I was thinking was down the middle, but it's not because it's not out of thirty; it's out of thirty-seven. <laughs> I think I gave it an eighteen. Um, and uh, yeah, you can definitely drink it. It is on the lighter side. It is five percent. Um, so for drinkability, I'm gonna go like a twenty-eight. I think some some kasha action. There you go. All right, I'm I'm excited about this one. I uh, this was from my shipment of beers that I got last week. And I had one the other night, and I, I was not expecting this. Um, this is a Modern Times Brewing Forbidden Chance with 
passion fruit, orange, key lime, dragon fruit, coconut, and vanilla. And I didn't know what kind of beer it was, uh, but it said it like kind of weirdly vertically on the side of the can. And it turns out it's a Berliner Weisse. And it is uh, 8.5% alcohol, which I believe makes it an imperial Berliner Weisse. So hmm. I'm going to uh, give this one a, a taste and rate it. Oh, hell yeah. Um, it's not super sour, but it's got that little tang to it. Um, and, I mean, you can't get all of the flavors because that's just way too many flavors. But definitely tastes a little bit tropical. You can taste it. It's uh, it's like a 27. Drinkability, uh, it's dangerous. Uh, this does not taste like it has eight and a half percent alcohol. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ding it a little bit for drinkability, just because you don't you shouldn't be hammering these, but like giving it a big boost in drinkability because it's way more drinkable than most sour beers that I've had. So it's gonna be like a 24. Nice. I dig it. All right, boys. Um, yeah. So this episode, really, what we've got to talk about is. Zidane Chara left, mm. so we're gonna we're gonna memorialize, memorialize him, him for a little bit, <laughs> um, and then we'll talk about the husk of a left side of the defense he's left, uh, and then in addition to that, we'll talk about the rest of what, not necessarily predicting what the lineup's gonna look like, but maybe giving our favorite look, like what we want to see on opening night from the Bruins. So let's start with Drew. Um, yes. Cause he was on time. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with like what, what Zidane Ochara has meant to you and the fans and uh, over the years over his 14 years as Bruins captain. Hi, my name is Drew and I recently lost a six, nine hockey captain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Charo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, Char is a, is a great guy. Uh, he's a great player. <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared. Um, you sure did really, do that honestly, hockey. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll dig deep here. Honestly, he's really the only Bruins captain I really remember because as a child, like, you know, I was at the tail end of Ray Bork in my remembrance of, you know, Bork being there. Um, and then you had Thornton there for a little bit and, you know, it wasn't really until Char came along, it was like, oh yes, this is the team's captain. It was almost like a, like a Tom Brady for the Patriots or David Ortiz for the Red Sox. It's like, okay, this is the main guy, you know? Um, well, Jason David Barrett Ortiz was, was explicitly the not the captain. No, I know, I know, I know Vitek, I know Vitek <laughs> wasn't the captain, but it, it, he was like, you know, this is the, this is the main guy, the head honcho. Um, and yeah, so it, it, I was fortunate enough to be at the game five when he came back from injury uh during the stanley cup final and that applause he received the standing ovation never never heard the garden that loud and i was also there for his hat trick uh against the carolina hurricanes i forget what year i feel like it was like 20 2012 2011 before then i don't know but i was there that's all i know um and so, yeah, those are my, basically my two biggest memories of him were being at those games and just being, you know, that tough-as-nails guy there for fucking ever. And it's going to be weird to 
like it it was going to be weird if he like retired and he just wasn't on the Bruins anymore but it's going to be really weird seeing him in another uniform now I mean for me I'm kind of over the same spot where it's like my you know most of my like conscious Bruins fans life Zidane Rochar has been the captain and it's definitely going to be weird seeing a team that is led by someone else uh obviously you know, well, we can get into it later, I guess, in a separate conversation, but I think it's pretty obvious that Patrice Bergeron is going to be the next captain. Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised. I think whoa, he whoa, would have been the... Hold, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not to disrespect Nick Ritchie at all, um, but I think any of the other 31 NHL franchises, or 30, I guess, NHL franchises, Bergeron's 31. probably... Well, I get Yeah, the, sure. The crack, sure. The crack well, I, cow, I mean, man. that are going to be Come playing on. this season. Bergeron's it, probably the captain of all 30 of the other ones. Just um, let it be known that Cam doesn't like recognize the Seattle crack. No, I do. It's just I meant team. I meant that they're gonna yeah, be playing this season. Chanel, Chanel's guys. not gonna Whatever. be happy. Anyway, I'm sorry, Chanel. You know what I mean? No, Chanel is gonna be like, "Fuck you guys." She knows what's going on here. Uh, it's slander. <laughs> um, but the thing that the thing that's really stands out to Chara, um, besides his massive height, uh, is it, I think it's very rare to see a player that is so well respected. Um, by his peers, not only for his game, but just for his contributions off the ice. I mean, I think it's obvious that uh, he was one of the just dominant defenders of his time period in the NHL, especially with his time with the Bruins. Obviously played a huge role in the 2011 Stanley Cup and and well beyond that as well. But um, very rarely will you see a player who had that kind of impact on the ice, not only as a player and as a leader separately. Those are two very big roles, but also off the ice just as a leader of of the type of player and person that you really like want to model an organization and a franchise around. Uh, he did so much for the greater Boston community and for the hockey community in general. Um, and, and that's the thing that's kind of hard to really explain to people who may not understand the impact that he's had is that not only are the Bruins losing a massive player, but also a huge piece of their organization and their community. Um, and that's not a void that's going to be filled easily by anyone. Um, I think, you know, as far as, it's very rare that you lose a captain and you have a second captain right on standby. Sure, there's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about who it's gonna be. Um, but you know, it, it, even even in that sense, when we have Bergeron ready to step up and take the throne, it's still very rare um, to lose somebody like Char and not be able to fill that void. So it's gonna be weird seeing a Bruins team without him. And I think you know, obviously the the team in the city are losing a huge piece of of their sporting culture for sure yeah uh cam's roommate matt is also fired um well <laughs> you guys covered most of it i i, I think th- what's left to be seen is one what does char have left in the tank because obviously he felt like he had enough left in the tank to be playing every night and i think the idea that bruins management wanted was like maybe not necessarily to be a seventh defenseman, but definitely not playing every night and giving some of the young guys a chance to play and, and see what they have there. Um, and I, I guess he preferred to go elsewhere. But, yeah, I mean, you say he's a, a huge part of the Bruins organization, huge part of the Boston community. Uh, people just love the guy. Uh, he's he's not necessarily your favorite player, but he's your favorite player's favorite player. Um, that's a really well way to yeah, explain that's a good it, way to say yeah. it, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, you don't necessarily always see what he's doing on the ice, uh, all the positive things he's doing, but you can definitely see the impact he has when he does have it because he's just, like, this gigantic dude who can wipe dudes out. 
he was always the the like Sidney Crosby shutdown guy mm-hmm. and he still has that to an extent and I think that's going to be the one of the big things is filling his spot on the penalty kill um but yeah I mean very involved in all the charities in, in the Boston area that the that the Bruins participate in he was leading the Thanksgiving pie uh delivery uh he did the the children's hospital uh pj giveaway thing um yeah just just a great dude and everybody loved the guy and that's that's how i feel it's i mean it it was coming we all i'm kind of numb to this this feeling having lost mookie betts and tom brady um like this 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 registers for sure but it's like do diminished feeling i I feel like the tom brady thing didn't hurt me that much just because like there there wasn't much else to do there um the mookie one just fucking killed me but um yeah i mean this is just kind of like you know it was time to move on i was i had kind of prepared myself for this so it's not like a huge sting now it's just kind of like all right what are the what do the bruins do now yeah i think from like an on ice perspective it was one of those things where it wasn't like like you said it wasn't necessarily shocking but it also you're gonna get kind of hit with one of those like you don't know what you got till it's gone right like i think the bruins penalty kill is gonna take a little bit of a hit like again mm-hmm. zeno char is not the player he used to be and i'm not gonna act like he's a top pairing defenseman because i wouldn't have wanted him there for the bruins this year anyway um but to act like he's not an effective player still especially as a bottom four guy would be silly and you're going to notice his his absence, whether, you know, it's not going to ruin their season necessarily, but um, there's going to be a couple situations where you, you wish he had him there for sure, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what some of the younger guys can do without him there, and maybe that's a transition to what's next. Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, with, with him gone, you got basically three full defensive spots in the lineup completely up for grabs uh and i there are a couple really boring options there uh and then there are a couple or a few maybe not exciting options but things where like maybe you'd like to see that guy um i think we have a couple of players that we've seen uh but not at given a huge extended look in in lozon and clifton where you know, maybe one of those guys breaks out and, and given a, a bigger role could potentially be a, a middle pairing defenseman. Um, and then you've got a couple of younger guys who've really never had a chance in, in Vaganine and, and uh, Zaboral who could, I mean, who have both improved in, in recent years, at least defensively, and maybe the offensive game's not there like, it had been predicted when they were drafted in the first round, but at some point you got to see what these guys have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is, this is the time for that. Um, and then you, obviously you got the, the guys that you just hope you don't really have to see too much of, but um, <laughs> John Moore, Kevin Miller <laughs> and maybe Stephen so Camper. So I don't have anything and, against, I don't yeah, have anything I mean, against Stephen Camper, but a nice that's, enough guy. that's another, that's another guy where like we kind of, know what we got there and i I don't think he's gonna bring you too much um but yeah i mean that's a lot of without chara there that's still a lot of potentially nhl capable defensemen and 
I mean, even though you have that tremendous lack of top end talent on the left side, uh, I I think you have enough depth there where you're kind of your ass is covered if you get into some injury trouble as long as it's not on that top pairing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of my thing is, like, I and I, I tried to go back with Joe Haggerty about this, but he, he didn't engage, sadly. Um, <laughs> well, I'll see he didn't you know, fall for the trap. But <laughs> to me, it's it's the difference between, I like, I, I tend to think of myself as a very, like, kind of ageist when I'm looking at hockey players. Like, I tend to skew toward younger players. I will admit that my bias is toward, like, young players who have potential to grow into something. It's a millennial That being thing. said, like, I'm kind of on the flip side of this where, Look, I'm all for giving guys like Vakaninen and, and Lausanne like a chance and stuff. I I hope that they. I'm very excited to do that, and I have high prospects really for both of them. Um, and I would like to see them come in and make an impact, obviously. But to me, it's kind of the difference between giving them a chance and relying on them. And I guess my concern is that the Bruins are going to be relying on several players who don't have that NHL experience. And yes, it's not like necessarily they're gonna be busted. I, you know, I don't want to like try to peddle that narrative at all. But I just don't want to be in a situation where you have a team that could otherwise win, and you know, not like they're gonna be the sole issue. But you don't want to be throwing out a couple defenders who are almost there and have that cost you. And that's kind of where the difference is between for me is between you know giving these guys an opportunity to show what they have versus relying on them and they have to be good or else we're going to be fucked defensively so that's kind of where i'm at where it's like i'm i'm super happy i think i absolutely think we should be working them into the lineup but i would be more comfortable with maybe one hole on that left side versus hey we have pretty much the entire left side that we have to fill and hopefully you know we think these guys can get it done but if they don't where do we fall back from there that could be problematic so I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, I don't have as good of an indication on these players as you know Don Sweeney and the people who are working with them and stuff. But I'm just a little worried that we're going to get a month into the season and say, hey, these guys are almost there, but they're not quite ready to compete. You know, it's not a knock on them, but to be able to play in an NHL level versus really compete for a Stanley Cup, which I think this Bruins team still can do, that's where I'm kind of worried is that left side could have some holes that could cost them down the road. Yeah, I, I was thinking in terms of just kind of looking at what their the lineups might be. I think yeah, as of now, and I think the I've I've I'm heard from sources that the Bruins are looking into signing some people or whatever. I don't know. I've seen people tweet that. So <laughs> something about my, Ben Hutton. Or my sources are people tweeting about their unnamed sources that something's happening. Um, I, I think you got Grizz and McAvoy together. I think then you got. Lazone or Vakaninen with Carlo, um, and then Lazone or Va- uh, Vakaninen on that third pair too. I-, I had Kevin Miller there just because I think the Bruins would like to see Miller there, but apparently he's not going to be ready for game one. So I think if if that's the case... Who's, who said he's not ready for game one? Because Ty was tweeting this morning that he looks fine on the ice and doesn't seem to be... I think Jess asked us anyway. a question... Just asked. I didn't find. I oh, okay. Saw I, tweets I, I just went sides, off of that. But I'm not sure if they were like from reputable sources. To be honest with you, I saw some that were like, "Hey, he looks better," and I saw others who were like, "Oh, be like, oh, his know. leg is broken <laughs> yeah. still." Well, let me that's, let that's me try to training camps is you you can't tell because yeah. everyone's skating at eighty percent, so you can't tell like if Kevin Miller's skating at a hundred percent and it looks like eighty percent. But uh, I think. Uh, 
you know, the Bruins are going to want to see him there. And if he's looking good in training camp, they'll put him there. Um, personally, I would love to see Clifton take on a full-time role in the third pair. Um, but they're going to go John Moore if that's not the case, and that's really a shame. Uh, but it's just because they want to make... I mean, I, you know, I don't know the advanced statistics, but John Moore maybe is a little more reliable defensively than Clifton. I don't know. No. I think Clifton's nope. much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, there we go. John, John Moore's a, a negative. All right. Okay, let me, uh, let me but, jump in here for one sec. So Ty Anderson tweeted, <clears throat> 10 minutes into camp, I know, but Kevin Miller in a black jersey moving without any noticeable limitations to the first set of drills, encouraging based on his last 21 months alone. Versus Matt Porter, another friend of the pod who we haven't had on yet, but would love to have him on at some point. Tweet, we haven't Kevin, had him on yet. <laughs> well, that's true. That's all. That's very true. Of friends. Well, I, I, okay, I will say, them. I feel like we've talked more about Ty than about Matt in the past. But Matt Porter tweeted, Kevin Miller doesn't look anywhere close to game ready, but that's expected last played in a game 19 months ago today. So... That's, that's, that's the of, thing about the those are two it, like it can fool you. Those are two hockey opinions who I very much trust, Matt and Ty separately, and they're coming from two completely different sides for that. So I really have no fucking idea what to expect out of him. But yeah, and and Ty's article uh, where he kind of predicted what the lines and and pairings were going to look like. Um, I think he I think he had Kevin Miller out. Um, so he was he was. He talked about how Kevin Miller looked better skating. He had improved his skating over the past few years, but obviously knee injuries are, are a huge issue. So, I don't know. You're looking at camp. You're hoping he looks like he doesn't have an injured knee, I think is kind of the the deal at this point. Um, Drew, you kind of kicked us off on this, so let's, let's just get it going. Um, Cam, what's your preferred uh, defensive pairings? Oh God! I honestly, I've thought about this a lot today, and I'm still not 100 percent sure. Um, what I can say is, I have, I have a couple of slashes written in mind, so like I don't know <laughs> okay. because Cassidy always flips it around anyway, and you can that's to be expected. Yeah. So okay, what I will say is, Period I 100 percent <laughs> would like to see Grizzly and McAvoy as a top pairing to start the season. I yep. I know there's been a little bit of questions about that. I think it's gonna work. I think their gameplay styles complement each other. Um, obviously, like, for the freaking narrative that you're going to see when every website writes about it, it's like, the BU connection, blah, 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 whatever. Fuck that shit. I like the way both of them play. Um, they're both very well, they're very good puck movie defensemen. They can play both sides of the ice. They're both two ways. I genuinely think that if that works out, give it a few years, that could become one of the most dominant defensive pairings in the National Hockey League. I am very high on that, and I'm I'm fine saying that. Beyond that, I have some question marks, and I might just weasel my way out of this and toss it to you guys because I'm really not sure. But I will start it off by saying I want to see Grizzly and McAvoy. Give them that chance for at least a month, and if there is some issues beyond that, then so be it. But I I think you absolutely have to try that. Uh, I think obviously McAvoy has been that player of the future for the last couple years now. You've kind of expected him. He was like Char's sensei for a while. You kind of assumed he was going to take it over. Um, but based on what we've seen off of Matt Grizzly the last couple of seasons, I think he's been extremely strong. I think he deserves way more than the you know bottom two minutes that he's gotten. I genuinely think he can be a top two defenseman, and I think it's about time to give him that opportunity, and I think you have a perfect partner in Charlie McAvoy. Beyond that, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> somebody, somebody pick it up. I'm scared. <laughs> 
Okay. I, so we can we can go around. The, I was gonna go from uh, bottom to top, but I, I think we can we can go around the table and like I, I agree on the Grizzly McAvoy thing. I, I think you the upside's not as high uh, putting Grizzly with Carlo, and I think you're you're getting a little too much into the like. Okay, we're trying to replace Tory Krug specifically because what we did last year worked so we're just going to try and do that again and but you don't have the same team so let's 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 go for swing for the fences see what happens if it doesn't work change it up but the numbers looked good on them when they played together before love Grizzly and McAvoy together Drew you you there as well yeah yeah I think Grizz and McAvoy yeah okay for for my second pairing I have uh Lausanne and Carlo uh Mm-hmm. Drew Drew touched on that being an option, yeah. but I think uh, Ty really convinced me on this one. Uh, go go read his article; it was really good. Um, just having that that guy who has a, a longer reach, like Lazon's not six foot nine, but he's a big dude and he has a long stick, and he can they, they can be that shutdown pairing. But he also is a a decent skater and he's he's more mobile and is a better passer than Zidane Chara is at this point in his career and I think he could also be that uh that penalty killing guy and and giving them that chemistry uh pairing them together in five on five and then pairing them together for uh penalty killing uh, could be beneficial and then uh Cam you got a you got a third pairing that you want to rattle off uh, not necessarily, but I did just want to say, like, when I was going as far as my question marks about the bottom four, Brandon Carlos should be on that second line. There's no question. I have yeah. really liked what I've seen on a card the last couple of seasons. It's just a matter of who's on that left side. I don't side. think anyone has that. Yeah, question. no, I just I just wanted to first. make sure, like, nobody's <laughs> like, well, he's got his fucking McAvoy and Grizzly. Like, you know what I mean? I am very, very, very high on Brandon Carlos as well, um, but... I, th- it's I think more there's about an argument to be made side. about whether whether Carlo or Grizzly is the second most important defense. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I wish I, I wish from Carlo, just. I was just gonna say I no, wish go either Carlo or McAvoy could play both sides so that you could have both of them on a pair and it'd be like the first pair it'd be perfectly fine. But yeah, I don't know if they can't, but yeah, uh, but yeah, there I mean, are there are other situations for me where I I do think I would put Carlo above Grizzly. I just think with the pairing, McAvoy is obviously your number one defenseman, and I think given that that Grizzly is the better fit there. If mm-hmm. maybe you were going for a oh, different yeah, I'm, approach, I'm not I'm not arguing. Yeah, no, 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 no Carlo no, should well, be on the top yeah. pairing. <laughs> but I I just do think there are situations where Carlo would take priority over Grizzly. For example, like I don't know, on a, on a penalty kill, for example, I would much rather have Carlo out there than, than Grizzly. But it's just when you yeah. have obviously McVoy as the number one, I think Grizzly fits well in there. So you kind of put Carlo in there as the number two. But yeah, Cam, you're you're just repeating shit I said, but worse. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> That's what this podcast Sorry, is all mean, about. Just being mean to you for, <laughs> for being late. <laughs> All right, Drew. You you mentioned Lazone with Carlo on that second pairing. Uh, who who else did you think might be? So I w- I was just looking at like a text group I have with like my family, and uh, 
because my uncle like texted the picture of like these these are the players attending training camp. So I just like immediately rattled off like a roster and like repeated a couple players accidentally and had to redo it and shit. But um, yeah, for D, I had question mark question mark question mark and then Miller. <laughs> um, and I think I okay. I mean I would love to see Vakaninen right, but I think he kind of got to go Lazone or Vakaninen. I feel like playing one on the third pair. I don't know because I'm a Clifton guy. I want to see Clifton there. I think Clifton Miller would be a sick pair, just because of their playing styles. They both can skate. Um, well, maybe Miller can. We don't know. He's if he has one yeah, leg we'll or see. if he has two legs. <laughs> it's a hard clue. maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I would love to see them together, but I think. It's really a question mark because Cassidy's going to – I think they're going to lean towards John Moore just because of the price tag, and they feel like they just consistently want to justify paying him that money. And it's never going to get justified, but they're going to keep trying. <laughs> Sunk cost fallacy, Bruins. You should learn a thing or two about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'd, Cassidy didn't pay him that money, so I don't No, think I know, yeah. But, you know, ma- management does have a say, and they're going to be like, hey, you you better start this guy, mister. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a coach or GM. I don't know how it works. Yeah, so for my third pairing, I have uh, Vakaninen slash Zaboral, whoever impresses in camp on that left side, and then uh, Clifton on the right side. Um, I think Clifton, like you said, Drew, is a perfect third-pairing defenseman with maybe potential to be more than that, but I don't think so at this point. Uh, But give him the minutes and find out. Um, And then the other thing is if... Lazon's either not working out or is just getting outplayed by either back in or Zaboro. Like you can, there's upward mobility there. So yeah, I think, and injuries are always going to happen. It, it's not a good situation, but it's better than I think a lot of Bruins fans think it's going to be. I, I should jump in there. Like I, again, I was kind of like, I don't want to be relying on these players. I, I would be comfortable enough. I think the Bruins would like be a playoff team, so you know I don't think that's gonna ruin their season by any means. It's just a matter of like, I I do think this team has what it takes to compete for a Stanley Cup, and I'm not sure I necessarily want to rely on a you know a pair of defensemen that don't have very much NHL experience. That being said, I think they're very capable. When of, do you want them to get it? When do you want them to get the NHL? Well, exactly, yeah. Ex- so maybe by the end of the year, like that's that's where I'm kind of at is like. I'm down to give them a try, and if they're playing well, I'm all for it. I am high on both those guys, to be honest with you. I just don't. I think we should have some other option, and it's kind of a hard situation because you don't want to you don't want to pay somebody a bunch of money to be some like a backup option for a couple of young guys. Because I I do think you know if you can get Vakanin and Lausanne on there, and they're playing well, then fuck yeah, that's what you want to be. You don't want to pay somebody else to be a backup to them, but. At the end of the day, it's like if you if you throw them in and they need a little bit more time to develop than you thought, then where do you turn from there? And I I'm pretty John happy Moore. with where the Bruins' depth is, but I you know exactly I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure I want to rely on John Moore to be our our savior here. So he's a top four guy. He's a <laughs> hockey player. Unfortunately, <laughs> For, unfortunately, former, some people former seem to top so. four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, you guys comfortable moving on to forwards? Well, first, don't we have an advertisement from the good old Hockey Podcast Network? Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey, 
and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, an, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jerseys. And the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. And that was the advertisement from the good old Hockey Podcast Network. <laughs> Which we are Network. very well aware of. <laughs> it's actually the good old the Hockey Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hockey song. Um, the good old hockey game. You know that song? Nope. All right, I'll okay. say it whatever. Uh, <laughs> Now we can talk about the forward group. Let's go uh, fourth line to first line. Oh, boy. Um, Pasternak out. Um, oh, with Pasta Marshawn, out? So this yeah, is opening so night. Marsh- okay, 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 okay. Yeah, the so Marshawn supposedly in, I guess, uh, potentially recovered from his sports hernia surgery, which I think it's always hilarious when they specify sports hernia, like, if you get a hernia outside of sports, like, shameful, no, shame. You, you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. <laughs> I, I'd still you call it a hernia. sports hernia. Anyway, it's gotta be. I just like, uh, sorry, I have an engineering hernia. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my my fourth line, uh, I, this one's kind of like up in the air because there are a lot of players that could slot in here. I think generally center and right wing are set unless you're a parland home guy and then i think your whole bottom uh, bottom line is set but i got trent frederick in on that left wing um and then i got corrali and wagner on the center and right wing i think uh this is it's not like the play the kids uh place you'd necessarily want trent frederick but He's shown an aptitude for playing that kind of hockey that you see on the fourth line, and he does have the upside of being maybe a third-line center. So give him the minutes, see what he can do, and maybe, like, Corrali just had his best scoring year. Uh, Wagner can sort of put the puck in the net. We saw him uh, in, the, in the bubble score a few goals and um, maybe maybe add Trent Frederick there, and, and if he does kind of get that scoring touch, maybe you got a little bit extra on that fourth line um yeah i got um for the fourth line i i just had lindholm but then you mentioned frederick and i almost completely forgot about him uh but i would totally like frederick they like yeah maybe if if we were starting and it was like okay game one of the playoffs let's go yeah i want lindholm not frederick but game one of yeah. a, a shortened <laughs> season Lind- lindholm is my obvious 13th yeah yeah right exactly now, so. yeah so it's like yeah, it started off with the first month of the season is going to be a shit show because no one knew when this was starting and it just got thrown together. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd go Frederick, uh, uh, Corrali, and Wagner there on that fourth. I like that. I mean, <clears throat> I think. All right, obviously... cool. Chris, what's your thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want a high energy fourth line. That's the Bruins fan the last. Uh, you know, that's kind of the, the, the shit to have in, in the modern NHL. Um, 
I don't know. I, I really like Corrali, like more than I probably should. I like the way he plays. Uh, Wagner has been pretty solid in that spot the last couple of years, and having someone like Frederick who uh, can kind of play both sides and is more than willing to fuck people up on the you know on the outside as well is helpful, uh, especially if you're losing a guy like Chara. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not huge on the Joe Haggerty you win Stanley Cups by punching people in the mouth thing, um, but I also understand that you want a fourth line that's going to be able to throw the body around a little bit. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a fourth line that can do it. I like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm of the mind of, uh, get you a fourth line that can do both <laughs> big um, time. Yeah. And that, that kind of, that kind of segues well into the third line as well, because, you know, Coyle's kind of a guy who does that a little bit and maybe not necessarily, uh, a, a line that punches you in the mouth, but one that plays really good hockey on both ends of the ice. And I've got Anders Bjork, Anders Bjork. Uh, Anders, we'll go. We'll go. Either Anders, one, yeah, Anders Bjork, <laughs> Charlie Coyle, and I've got Craig Smith slotted on that right wing, oh, even gosh. with Pasta out. Man, with two first names, um, you're you're gonna find that <laughs> you're you're gonna find that I'm uh, that. I'm doing my best to keep the the middle six together to start developing that chemistry because it's a short season. Um, I, I think you're gonna want to develop that chemistry as quickly as possible so that when the full lineup is together you got everybody on the same page and i don't think pasta needs any time to like get back on the same page with patrice bergeron and brad marchand yeah for that third line i wrote well i wrote beast bs because i meant like bjork or studnica um and the reason being is because i'd love i, I don't want to give away my first line but uh when the erection line trademarked by the Bruins and Bruins podcast uh of the hockey podcast network podcast presented by Bruins diehard sponsored by save more liquors um you got... <laughs> the, it, one, one's posture can that returns. be can that be the cold open too? <laughs> it's the cold it. open no, yeah, don't sponsor it right I love it <laughs> um yeah, so once once uh, pasta's back, you need a place for studs. Is basically my thinking. So you want Bjork or Stunica there um, with Coyle and Smith. Um, I think I think it, you know long run Bjork, Coyle, and Smith because Bjork worked really well with Coyle last season, uh, and I think Craig Smith's going to work really good with those two. So I think uh, long term that's the line you want to see, and especially opening night, I think you see Bjork, Coyle, and Smith. I think I mostly agree there. I think I think yeah, I agree long term. I think that's that's a solid line. Um, I definitely want to see Stanika in a place where he has an opportunity to produce. Um, I think we saw him a little bit last season on some lower lines, um, which you know get him ice time that he's comfortable with. You don't want to throw him right onto the first line and and give him some nasty matchups, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, he's somebody that you want to be a scorer and a producer. Um, and you have to put him in a position to do that and, and give himself, you know, a chance to prove himself. Um, again, don't necessarily rely on him, but give him an opportunity. Um, and it seems like early in the season with, with some of your star players out, you'll have some openings up there that you can toss him in there and, and give him a chance to really uh, show what he's got. So I like that, but I, I agree long term. Um, I think that's going to be a solid line. And um, I, again, Bjork and... and Coyle, I really liked last season. Uh, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. I think Coyle is is probably a better um, third line center you'd see on most teams. I think he'd be a second line center on a lot of teams. Um, and you add somebody like Craig Smith to that, 
uh, Dangerous Man, two first names, obviously. Uh, a, lo- a lot of man. lot of opportunities uh, there. I think Bruins danger. Friend of the friend of the pod, actual friend of the pod, who's been on the pod, Connor Ryan, uh, tweeted out that Craig Smith can really shoot. Yeah, um, I don't know. As far as the third <laughs> line, I, I have some questions about you. the fourth line. But as far as the third line goes, uh, I think this is the best I've felt about it in a couple seasons. Uh, at least going into the season, I think they have a, a real opportunity not only to be a, a solid line that can can you know chug some minutes, but can really produce out there. So. Uh, I'm excited to see what they Shouts can do. Shouts to the days of trying to make Ryan Spooner yeah, happen. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, so second line, um, keeping with the theme for me, I'm going Debrus, Krejci, and Kasha. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are down on Kasha. We we already talked about it on the last episode. Just got to give him a chance um, to figure out if like he's actually that dude or if he just can't shoot um but i mean i think the chemistry of that line was so much better than anything we've seen in a long time from uh, a david Krejci line where especially at times in the bubble they looked really great and just need that consistency from debrusque and uh, kasha was consistently getting the puck to the net which i mean that's going to create scoring opportunities when done in in large samples. So I'm, I'm not too worried about that. And I think unless there's a huge drop off from Krejci, uh, which I don't expect because he's just not that type of player. Um, I, I think that's going to be an effective second line. See, I think, I think the second line is going to be Anton bleed, Paul Carey and uh, Greg McKegg, <laughs> which I think is the best, best name the Bruins currently have on their roster. At least Greg McKegg for sure is the best, uh, he might be the best. I think we on. need to have him on just because Keg. I think, think that's a well. Yeah, I think that's easy to shoe I mean, in. It's it's rhyming and it's a beer. Thing. Yeah. So I think yeah. No. I mean, since we obviously have any player we could want on this podcast, whenever I'm sure we can just ring him up. We should yeah, just, we grab, just grab, just grab, grab him. Fuck, have him fuck having like Patrice Bergeron on here to tell him like we worship him so much that our whole rating system is based off of him. Let's have Greg McKay on. Um, no, I think it's obvious. It's uh, it's it's Debrus, Krejci, Kasha, and if, if you disagree, then you, you you don't know what you're talking about. I just think it, you got to keep them together. You, they worked great. Uh, you saw flashes, as Chris has said, of Kasha being great. You've seen flashes of him being on par. I haven't really seen him be terrible, and I'd like to see a larger sample size of that. So. Uh, yeah, keep those three together because that's going to be your second line all season. I don't see them ch- changing that unless Kasha like shits the bed and like Craig Smith is going off and they want to swap him. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> 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 no, I don't have too much to add. I, I, I really do agree. Like, I, I don't know. Get Krejci freaking winger permanently. <laughs> We've been yelling it for months. <laughs> Upon this yeah, rock. So, all right, first line. First line, I got uh, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Stanika. Um, this is my ultimate find out if this kid can score. Um, give him however many games until Pasta comes back. This is putting him in the ultimate best position to see what happens. Um, I think it's funny like to go back to Kasha a little bit because – People loved how Stanika looked on that Krejci line when Kasha wasn't there. Um, and, and he did look good, but he didn't score much. 
and he didn't score at all. Um, and I feel like because he has the prospect sheen, people are more willing to give him a chance than Kasha. Um, but really, it's the same situation on both lines. And I, and I, I really want that opportunity for both of them. And if it turns out well for Stanika, that top line, then you figure it out from there and give him a spot, find out where he fits in the lineup. Um, and it's, it's also kind of a, it's an audition for him as, and for coil as like, all right, are these guys like our future centers? Like, what do we do with Krejci next year? Um, it's, it's a big opportunity and I would love to see him cash in. Um, and if not, find the find the dude a space and i mean like he's he's part of the future and i I mean you don't want him riding the taxi squad this year so if it doesn't work out for the first however many games then it's probably an ahl thing i don't know what the ahl is doing this year but i I want him playing regularly regardless so you know I, i i have less less of investment in like Trent Frederick make getting like regular playing time than Jack Stadnika. So like Trent Frederick can ride the uh, ride the pine for a while. I don't care. This is an opportunity for a couple of those guys who are like kind of fringed like, hey, we think they can make a difference this year, but we're not sure. Internal competition is always a good thing. Let them battle it out. Give them both a shot in the first couple weeks of the season. Show what you have. Because, you, look, you know David Posternock's coming back, and I'm sorry, none of you fucking guys have ever taken David Posternock. <laughs> So there's going to be everybody's getting pushed down a slot there, so let them battle for it. And ha- having that internal competition is something you want in a, in a team like this. So um, give them an opportunity to fight for it. Is is my thing. I think we need some internal competition, but at the same time, I think Cam would automatically lose because he's always late. Um, but I think it's going to be Marshawn Bergeron <laughs> and Stanika as well. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's what they're going to roll with. Uh, and my initial thought was like, oh, maybe do they throw Bjork there? But they've already tried that enough. And, you know, you really do want to see what Stadnika did. And it didn't work. <laughs> um, so you really want to see what Stadnika can do there. Um, yeah, my concern is just like after that, where do you throw him? Like, I would almost rather Stadnika have first line minutes in the AHL over fourth line minutes if he were to get bumped down there, you know? Um, I'd settle for him on the third line if you want to bump, bump Bjork down to the fourth. But, like, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go from there. But, yeah, opening night, I see him on the first line. And uh, hopefully, you know, five years down the line, he's your number one center. Even though he'd be playing on the wing because, you know, <laughs> during this. Even though he's but... not the center. Well, isn't he a center? He's a... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. No, but, but uh... like, he could, you could put him on the wings. Yeah. Yo, no, throw him on the center. Throw okay, throw Bergeron first pair de- defense, right? Then throw Stunica center on the first line. Like, the, the, why not? Just, just, let's get let's get crazy. Do do we have any questions to answer? Uh, there was some world junior stuff, but uh, all I know is like Canada beat somebody six. I can talk to you. I can do a little world juniors here, <laughs> and right, this is awful right, because we're literally I'm discussing this in the middle of games going on right now. Um, well, should this be your Friday content? Maybe, but it's gonna be over by then. So I feel like I'm gonna yes, look but like your a jerk. recap. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, sure. We'll give a World Juniors recap of Friday content. Actually, I like that. I just, I just don't want to be like, oh, I knew things about this after it was done, and I'll talk about the <laughs> results and pretend that I was what I was thinking all the time. Um, but sure, yeah, we'll do World Juniors on Friday. I like that actually because it is one of my favorite 
Big but how about how about just for the sake of the question prediction on who's gonna win it all? Um, okay. Honestly, if I'm predicting, I think Canada's is the favorite. I think I I am obviously rooting for the U.S. I think they definitely have a shot. Um, but I think if you look at it just pure talent wise, I think Canada is the team to beat. Um, I will say I was at this point I was really surprised. Sweden looked very good early in the tournament. Um, but Finland had a hell of a comeback the other day against them. Locked down defensively, played really well. Got that winner with 23 fucking seconds left in the third period, which is fucking cool. Um, I think on the flip side, I was a little bit worried about the U.S. early on when they were playing against Russia. Um, they lost that first game uh, against the Russian side. I didn't think it's decent, but not necessarily anything to write home about. Uh, that being said, since then, the U.S. has really looked good. Um, I know there were some questions about goaltending early on and stuff like that. I think all of that's been sorted out. And I think the U.S. is is right up there, you know, fighting with Canada for a team that could really take this thing home. Um, so just for the sake of going back and telling me I'm wrong, kind of my early thoughts, I think Canada's the favorite. and the U.S. is a shot at, at taking them on. Um, but I, Canada's going to get to the final. I think they'll beat Russia. Um, and from I, I, I would expect the U.S. will probably beat Finland. But at the same time, Finland just kind of played a very strong game against Sweden uh, during that comeback, and uh, I would expect the U.S.-Canada as the final, but you never know. Could be wrong. All right. Well, uh, Patrick Laverty specifically asked uh, if there are any players who are playing in the World Juniors that we might see in the NHL this coming year, but save that for the uh, Friday. I'll say that. I, I do have some thoughts there, but I'll save that for Friday pod. For sure. Yeah. There was one other question. I don't know if we want to dive into it. Um, is it Drew? Is Drew still a dirtbag? Oh, there's that one. I'm, but yeah, give it, give that. To I me did kind of want. promise I would answer that. Um, I, I wish I could. I wish I could rip into Drew and be like, he's a fucking dirtbag, but he's actually so goddamn freaking nice in person. It kind of pisses me off. <laughs> like, I really wish I could just shit on Drew for the content here, but he's a nice guy. I got nothing. So. Um, uh, I was going to say Drew is no longer a dirtbag and Cam is now fired. Yeah. Well, I've been fired the whole fucking time, so there's really nothing going on Yeah, here. Cam's what, just here. We don't know. He just Whatever. keeps jumping in the calls. I just calls keep logging on. I say this every week. I just audio. jump on the call. It, it's like, only because he offers yeah, to edit. Cam has Whatever. been. Scam has been. Um, but uh, J-Rock at jttj 2210 asked, I sense a theme because our tweet was like chara 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 chara, um, but uh, he said, "How about that's that's not a how question. about what would we give up to try and get Dubois from uh, Blue Jacket at Blue Jackets NHL?" Dubois, well, Dubois, like Dubois, Dubois, Dubois. Oh, Dubois. W e d w e d Dubois. But but yeah, kind of like Dubois. Um, Probably Dubois, we, but it's one of the Du Bois. If we ever had a Blue Jackets well, podcast, it would just be called Du Bois. <laughs> shouts to the hip hop group uh, Das Racist. Um, with, they have a song where they have a lyric called "This goes uh, W E B Du Bois We Du Bois." Um, that's great. Nice, love that. Um, yeah, I don't know. The he supposedly wants a trade out of out of Columbus because. I don't know. I feel like Columbus isn't that bad. He hit a really good. He hit a really good bubble. My my. my. Uh, but he just he he just signed a bridge deal. Um, I believe five five mil a year for two years. Um, 
This is top of the head, so I don't really know. My answer that. is we don't need a forward, so no. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, like, like if I, <laughs> but, I, my perspective is if we're going to go for a trade, uh, you want a left defenseman to have some certainty on that left defensive side. Um, I don't see them really going after so, forward. That wasn't the question, though. The question is what All right, give I up give up by uh, fucking... Uh, I don't fucking know what what who, who do they want? <laughs> um, you'd have to give up something legit. All right, like a Dabrowski, um, but that's kind of giving them probably. what they got, basically. Yeah, I mean that's that's worse than Dubois. Um, so it'd have to be like Dabrowski and Vakaninen and a pick, or like or like Dabrowski and a first and Kasha something like that well i don't first round picks like bruins first round picks one they don't it's like don't a glorified second round anymore. pick um yeah and, yeah so i don't know um it, it would require a lot and i'm not sure the bruins have what it, it take what it would take to get that i think you would need like a, a really good prospect and the bruins don't really have a really good prospect other than uh Stanika, and they're not gonna part with them cam's nodding Actually, in approval they, they might. I don't know. They, they do do like Stadnika and and something good in addition. That would that would get you Dubois probably. My, my answer is you, just you hard might have pass, to do like <laughs> you might have to get like do DeBrusque and Stadnika and that because hey, he's really good. Basically, my my thing on trades is it's yeah. gonna cost you way more than you think if know, you what, want the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of always how it is. It's like. It's like, let's trade trade DeBrus for Taylor Hall. It's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If, if it's too good to be true, it's probably fucking too Bruins good to be true. Bruins uh, fans so, both overrate and underrate their players. They underrate their I players. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I, it's like, it's a fucking... I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It's like, Tuga Rash is the worst goal that's ever they, played. They underrate their players when they're Taylor playing Hall. for their like, teams, the or they overrate like, their trade value <laughs> when they want to deal them. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. At the same time, I don't know how that like what is going on in your brain where you think well, it's probably Jake like oh, I've always told they're really Tukaras good. Tukaras sucks, but <laughs> trade know, him like, for trade him for Carter Hart <laughs> like, and uh, Travis Konechny. There you go, solved. Well, I'm told they're good, so they must yeah. be good. So yeah, people like, must what's, want what's them. Going on I don't there. want them because I don't think they're good. I don't know. Now we're Ugh. just talking in circles. I don't know. But we just yeah, we just yeah, we turned this let's, into. Let's a, sing out. Oh, I fucking the, give this up. Is, this is this no, is no offense to uh, uh, whoever. J Rock or or if you want to get the be specific numbers. at J T T J two two one zero three eight three five. Ask the question. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Till it's gone.